0: good morning so uh, (laughs) we had a lot of fun like trying to title this particular message we're like be a loser all kinds of different things we decided not to say that Uh, we decided to say lose your money you want to turn your upside uh, your Christmas upside down this year then we are going to challenge you to lose your money some of you are probably saying too late Should have preached on that like six months ago. Um, Yeah, I realize that. Um, Some of you are looking at your 401k saying, and I know it's not a laughing matter, it just helps because there's nothing else you could do, you know, and just go, my goodness, um, I've already lost quite a bit of money. It's uh, it's already gone, you know, whether it be from the stock market or business deals gone bad or maybe just somebody has just ripped you off, you know, because that's the reality of life. Um, You've lost money. Well, we actually, we're talking about it more today. How to lose your money. And we're going to encourage you how to actually lose your money for God. Weird. I know. We're going to get into it. And, but some of you, just, just the fact that we said money and we're in church, the hair on the back of your neck just stood up and uh, you just said, I knew it. I, I knew it. I knew they could not hold out a K2. Eventually they would talk about money and, uh, and talk about me having to give my money to God. And right now you're probably scoping out the nearest exit and uh, we've locked them. No, I'm kidding, and, and so I'm just kidding, but uh, we, we are, we are, I'm not even holding it back, I'm not going to even tell you on page two, on page one, we're talking about money today, we're going to talk about it straight up, and, uh, and how, how God just kind of tells us, man, he, he wants us to lose our money for him, and, and if this upsets you, please, please don't be angry at me, please don't email me. Uh, I would like for you to maybe talk to God about it, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. If it makes you uncomfortable, in the Bible, God talks about love a lot. I didn't count this, but somebody else did who had a lot of time in their hands. 714 times the whole entire topic of love is brought up. Uh, About money, 2,100 times the Bible talks about money. Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, preached on 38 different parables. How many of those were about money? 16. 16 were about money and possessions and, and being, you know, giving back to God. And, and in, the, in the Gospels, if you were to take all the verses, I'm not talking about uh, section by section, but if you were to take all the verses and kind of average it out, one in every 10 verse in the Gospel talks about money. Talks about money or your possessions or your stuff. So the, the the big deal here is this topic is huge. It's a huge, important, pivotal topic in the kingdom of God, and oftentimes it's the most sensitive nerve in our body. You know, the nerve that runs between our head and our wallet—that sensitive nerve. We don't like to talk about it. This is this is one where we just go, oh man, I don't want to talk about the money. Let's, let's just avoid that one. Get on to something else like the cross. Get on to the resurrection. Talk about something other than money. And I think the reason why we don't like to talk about money, I mean, just, you know, forget about church for a second. Just even going out to, 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 to lunch or just, you know, having dinner with somebody. We just don't ask, like, so how much do you make? Am I being too forward? We don't talk about that. You know, hey, let's get some coffee. Bring your visa statement. and We'll have a great time. You know, we don't, we don't do that. Because I think there's several things that we might be scared of. One, we, we might be fearful that, 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 that we might judge each other based off of you know, that visa statement. It, if you see or even perceive what I'm spending my money on, you might actually judge me. We, we actually might start feeling guilty about how we actually do spend our money. Right? So your, your, your perception might be one thing. The reality is probably something totally different, right? <laughs> so I might, I might feel like you might judge me. So I, I don't want to talk about it. We might start feeling uh, like, uh, you know, if you see the bottom line of my net worth, I may be less important than you. Because the world, after all, tells us time and time again, our value is, is, is intimately tied to the bottom line. You know, how much we have in the bank. So this whole entire topic of money is oh, it's just so sensitive. And, and, and if you're kind of feeling like, oh, man... I picked the wrong building on the wrong Sunday. I I know, I know, it's a sensitive topic, but we're going to go there because when we talk about a life that's upside down, turning your Christmas upside down, we cannot ignore this fact. It's the second most talked about uh, topic in the whole entire Bible. We cannot ignore the fact that uh, the God talks about it. But there's another word that comes to mind that's actually even more scary than that. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm going to say it can't believe I'm going to say it. Here it is. Are you ready? This is a scary word. Ready? Generosity. Oh, oh there it is. And some of you might be saying, oh, okay, okay, well, you know, that wasn't very scary. Yeah, generosity, seriously, Andy, it's not that scary, you know. I don't fear generosity because I'm the guy that gives. I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, uh, gives clothes during the clothes drive or food for, to the food bank like we were just talking about or you know, I, 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 I'm the one who occasionally picks up the tab at lunch. You know, I, I'm, I'm the guy that even throws a couple dollars into the, the offering bag when it comes around or, you know, 20 or whatever it means. I mean, I give. See, generosity and giving, they're kind of different. We all kind of give. We give. And, and that's not what we're talking about here. It, I'm not just talking about giving. I think there's lots of people that give. What we're talking about is way bigger than that. Generosity. Generosity. The the whole entire definition of generosity means that there's a readiness within me. There's this readiness inside of me that rises up to give more than is strictly necessary. Isn't that interesting? More than what's necessary, more than what's expected. That's what generosity means. It's way more than giving. It's, It's beyond the base requirement. When I'm generous... It's, it's above the norm. In, in fact, if you were to take another word and just throw it in there, you could throw the word in it's lavishly giving. It's generous. It's not expected. It's above and beyond. And as we we'll take a look at the scripture today, that's what God is talking about. That's what He's talking about. That is the key to losing our money. <laughs> That's the key uh, to loosening the grip on money is generosity. The Bible talks about generosity in a lot of different ways, just not, just not money. It talks about generosity when it comes to our time, that uh, we're to be generous with our time with God and our family and our spouse and, and with our community. You should be generous in your time with one another. Isn't that beautiful? It also says that when it comes to generosity, you and I, have been wired and created by God with gifts and talents, and you and I need to be generous in giving back kind of who we are. <laughs> that feels weird. I'm now going to give you some of me, you know? <laughs> it's just, but it's a humble generosity. It's saying I'm going to use the gifts and the talents that God has given me back to him. It's, it's, it's like I'm giving back to him. I'm being generous with that. But equally important to that, the Bible says being generous also includes your stuff. includes your money and that's scary that can be scary because that means then (laughs) that I actually might lose my money that I may not have what I had at one time that that I'm going to be sharing some of the stuff some of the finances some of the money that I have it it doesn't actually come natural to us if you're wondering (laughs) it does not come natural all right cuz cuz if you've had kids you just you see this after after a baby learns you know first couple words like dada or mama or 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 no you know what's the next word they, they learn mine. mine oh you've had kids right <laughs> not only do you have kids but you've been a kid <laughs> and we're still saying it whether you're you know still crawling around your crib or the office <laughs> or your home mine 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 Oh my goodness! I was walking through the kitchen the other day, and one of my girls she'll be nameless, but she's the older one she was uh, I have three you won't figure it out so she was sitting at the table and she was like chowing I don't know some chocolate or something and, and I went by and like, "Oh man, that looks great and she's like like can I have a bite of that?" And she's like, "Oh, fine, you know and she gives it to me, and i'm like Holy on a second i bought that that's not yours it's mine. oh it's mine you know, <laughs> so i do it too <laughs> i wonder where she learns that being generous doesn't come natural it doesn't come natural to just lavishly share that's not what the whole hunter-gatherer thing is about it's you know gathering keeping it it's not natural so here's the deal. If, if you wonder whether or not you struggle with being generous, chance, chances are you, you probably struggle because you're living and breathing. But, but here's a list of things that might come out of your mouth if you struggle with, with generosity. Some things that might come out of your mouth. Just check yourself on this. Don't raise your hand. So here's the first one. You might say stuff like, uh, oh, I, I give back to God with my time. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't tithe with my finances. just my time. Or you might say something like, you know, when that deal at work comes through that I'm working on, ah, then I'll be able to, like, you know, be able to give some more to to God and and really, really, really lose my finances to Him. Or maybe you say something like, I I can't afford to to help or or to give or or to be generous right now. I just I can't. In this economy, it's too scary. I can't I can't afford to do that. We're going to learn today that you actually can't afford to say that. Here's another tip that, that you might struggle with Or, or might show that you, you fear being generous And that, that, that's something hard inside of you If you say, I am generous <laughs> It's a little bit of a tip-off See, see, I've discovered that, that if you think you're generous You're actually probably not very generous Because if you go to people that are generous and you're like, oh man, thank you so much for being generous People who are generous normally say Oh, I just wish I could do more I can't do enough. Oh, man, if there was only something more that I could do. But when you go to somebody who struggles with the fear of being generous, you know what they say? Yes, I am generous. There's more, but we're going to stop there because it's starting to hurt a little bit. (laughs) Actually, I'll throw this one in. You might struggle with generosity if you're like, dude, my friend totally needs to hear this, right? You might struggle with being generous. (laughs) People are like... Here's the principle... Of generosity, though, straight out of God's word. Here's the principle. Uh, And there's a lot of passages like this one, but I think this one really, really captures the generous side of what God's talking about here. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. We're going to camp out on this verse for just a a little bit here. Jesus is speaking, and, and he says this. He says, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I love this principle. Straight from Jesus' lips about generosity. Uh, first, he he says, if, if you are generous in your giving, give, give. And it doesn't use the word generous there, but as we read the la- the rest of that verse there, we see... No, let's talk about generosity. It's just not out oh, here. It's talking about giving generously. If you are generous, and, and by the way, not just in finances. We're not just talking about material possessions. We're talking and Jesus. Jesus is addressing, be generous in your love. Be generous in your grace. Be generous in your compassion. Forgive. Forgive generously. If you are just generous, Jesus is saying here, what are the results Look at the verse. Is it up there? Leave it up there for a sec. The, the results are it will be returned to you generously. It's good math. So the first part of the principle that Jesus is talking about here, he says, if I'm generous, if, if, if I give, and I'm not just talking about standard giving here, not just kind of thrown out of scrap. If, if I'm lavishly generous, if I'm hands-off generous, if I'm giving back and being generous, then the same I will receive... From God. I'm going to receive it back. It's the promise right out of Jesus' mouth. And every time we come across a promise like that, we can go, ah, man. Okay, I'm going to hold on to that. It's really important. I'm going to to hold on to that. Remember what the the principle is here. Remember what the promise is here. And then Jesus also goes on and uses a visual. Check out the, the verse here. He uses a visual to show you what that return looks like if you're generous, if you give, if you're generous. The return of the visual looks like this. He says it's a picture of blessings in the form of like a basket, a bushel basket. And in Palestine at that time, that would make a lot of sense. If you ordered grain, uh, it would be delivered. It was by law that it had to be delivered in the basket that it was weighed in. For instance, I couldn't just weigh it in the basket, dump it out on you know, some sheets or cloth and stitch it all up and give it to you. They had to bring it in the bushel so that you wouldn't get ripped off. They were saying, look, look, this is what you ordered. So he says, the picture of blessing is, is as if it's being returned to you in a bushel basket. And then Jesus goes on to, to explain what that bushel looks like. He says it's going to be filled to the brim. It's going to be filled up. It's going to be shaken down, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. It's kind of like last night when you were cleaning up the kitchen, right? And you grab your Tupperware and you put the rice and in it and it won't all fit. What do you do? You know, kind of, you know Get it all, press it down. You know, And make sure it all gets in there. And then you put the lid on top. And Jesus is saying, that's what it's like. It's not like you give generously and then I'm going to be like, hey, here's a nickel. No, he says it's a bushel basket pressed down, shaken together, overflowing to the brim. And then he goes on to say, (laughs) and then it just keeps pouring. It keeps pouring out. It goes over the edges, down into your lap. So you got to like take your shirt and kind of hold it up. And you're catching all the stuff. It's, it's pouring. It keeps going and going. And then, if that isn't enough, Jesus ends this verse this way. In verse 38, at the end. Hey, He says this. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So the bottom line is, it really stinks to be stingy with God. It does. If I invest generously, on the other hand, if I'm generous in my attitude not only just with finances, but with forgiving. It's just a principle, generosity. Then God is going to blow my socks off. I get a return on that. And what's the rate of return? It's pretty good, actually. And I'm not great at math. I'm kind of like Mary. I'm kinda, you know, I kind of limp along in math, but, but I'm pretty sure, even without using a calculator, this inver- investment is kind of way north than 100%. Would you agree? Yeah. If I throw out... 100% the, the verse says the rate of return 100% and then i'm just going to kind of keep pouring That's not like 10 plus 10. It's like 10 times 10 It's it's generous return Now listen, you, you can't walk out of here with a misunderstanding though I am not saying to you this morning that if you give to god, you're going to become rich <laughs> Now now you might Wow, well, you might But you might not financially become rich, financially. God, God hasn't promised wealth through this deal here, but here's what God has promised, is that he will take care of all of our needs. He is generous with us. Sometimes that genera- generosity looks like spiritual generosity. Sometimes that generosity looks like financial, like we talked about, but sometimes it's simply his favor in situations. Sometimes that generosity is just, The blessing of having an easier time of just saying yes to God. Maybe that generosity is just growth in my life. Whatever it is, God says, it's going to come back to you. That's the principle. That's the principle here. Anybody anybody interested in that? Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm all in on that deal. I'm all in on that deal. But here's the crux. The crux is this. When Jesus says... With what you measure, it will be measured to you. Here's here's where the crux is. How do you measure in your life? How is it that you personally measure? What does that generosity look like for you? I'm going to illustrate it like this. It's not full of anything, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> 55 gallons. If this right here, this 55-gallon this drum represented your entire life. In other words, it contains everything that's very, very important to you. Perhaps it's, uh, it's your finances, maybe it's your home, maybe it can even be relationships, maybe it can be your possessions, maybe your stuff, maybe whatever it is. But this, this right here represents your life. The question then is, how do you measure... Out of who you are the, the the whole of who you are, how do you measure how do you give generously to God is he saying here? how do you lose your money to god well if you 're average if you 're an average person, then statistically it 's going to look like this that statistically is uh, is what it looks like the average Christ follower gives back that. Do you know what kind of milk that is? Take a guess. Two is 2%. Do you know what the percentage is? 2%. If you are average, the average giving per year for the Christ follower is 2%. 2% of this. 2% of 55 gallons. Please don't check my math on that. I really tried hard, and I'm sure I've messed it up by half a gallon somewhere. But give me grace on that. So that, that's what it looks like. It, it doesn't look very, very overwhelming. But, but here's, here's the good news. We're not going to rip on that too hard. Here's the good news. Is that 2% there represents, probably, maybe it's you. it represents people that somewhere along the line, they, they've, they've, they've had some kind of point or, or some kind of moment where they have really, really been touched and engaged with God in some way. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're sitting here today going, man, I've just, I have, I've been engaged by God. Maybe it was through a message, maybe it was through a Sunday, maybe it was through something, that has happened in your life, something that's transpired in your life, and, 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 and so you were prompted at that point to kind of give back to God, and you've done that. And you're saying, yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't look very impressive, but, but I'm giving back to God, and I need to tell you here this morning is that God honors that. God honors that. When, when you and I give back with a heart that's generous, He honors that. However, it's, it's my deepest conviction that as, as we look at the Word, and we're going to go on here today and actually take a look, look at it a little bit more is that God actually challenges that a little bit and says, oh man, come on, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Come on now. That's just the tip of what my word says. It gets better than that. It gets much better, much more radical. It kind of looks a little more like this. How many gallons? Five. See, a five-gallon bucket, when, when it's compared to this 55-gallon drum here, is about 10%. It's about 10%. And the idea of this 10% kind of started way back in the Old Testament, back in almost, if you roll, roll back all the way to Genesis chapter 8, it starts getting mentioned there and it kind of goes forward, and this whole idea of giving back a tithe to God. The word tithe literally does mean a tenth. To give back a tithe, to give back a portion. In fact, there's scriptures all throughout the Bible that says giving back a tenth of your first fruits, which means the best of the best. I'm going to give back to God generously. I'm going to give to him the best of the best and offer it back to him. And so when you take an offering here, and we're going to do that in just here in a little bit, when we collect an offering here at K2, that's the, the principle that we're practicing. We're giving back to God the first fruits, a portion of what he's given to us. How, how much do we have left? 90% so we're giving back 10% to god One of the great passages that talks about this this principle of the tithe is actually found in malachi chapter 3 and you'll see it on the screen here We're gonna take a look at it briefly It's a great great picture of this practice in verse 10. It says this Bring the whole tithe member 10th bring the whole tithe into the storehouse That there may be food in my house test me in this Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. What a great principle here. The, the thing that I ask when I read this, I'm like, okay, why, why a tenth? Why, why is it that God picked out a tenth? And, and so here's the answer. I don't really know I have no idea why it's a tenth I I I don't know why that that was chosen but it's it's several times in in scripture that God says that but here's what I do know about God is that he wants a tenth of our life and he's saying just not the tenth tenth of the money I want your heart in this deal I want your heart in this deal and so one of the ways that God knows that he's got our heart is if he has our treasure the Bible's really clear about that. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And so God says, What I'm really interested in is, is your heart. So here's a great practice in order to engage with me. Would you be willing to lose your money? Would you be willing to trust me with your money? Would you be willing to kind of let go and give me a tenth so that I can engage your heart and, and bring that tenth into the storehouse? Bring it in to where I live, bring it into where I'm at. Bring it into the storehouse. And then he says here, test me. Ooh. Okay, this is one of the few, only times, I believe, in Scripture where it actually says, test me. God is saying, hold me to it. Check it out if it ain't true. See if this principle is legit. And again, again, we don't like talk about this in church, but I have to tell you, it's God saying this to us. He's saying, test me on this principle. See whether or not... I'm going to be generous with you because you are generous with me. See if this happens. Take me to the test. And then he, uh, he ends verse 38, this way, or verse 10, rather, this way. He goes, if, 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 see if, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll just have a little bit. No, that you're going to have so much blessing, and again, not necessarily finances here, but so much blessing, and that comes in a lot of different forms, that you will not have enough room for it. So, God is, God is saying, if you would be willing to lose your money for me, if you would be willing to loosen your grip, your hold on money, and give to me, I'm going to unleash, and I like the, the words chosen here, a flood. It's been a few times um, where I've seen a flood firsthand. Growing up in, in Arizona, they have flash floods, and uh, we have rivers. There's nothing ever in the rivers. They called it the Retho River. And you, you drive across the Retho River, and it's, it's a big wash. But every once in a while, they say every 100 years or so. It seems to me, as I remember growing up, it seemed to happen more than that. But I remember the 100-year flood that came to Tucson. And uh, some of my buddies were pumping up boats and going down the river, you know? But then it got pretty bad. Some of those guys ended up on the news, and it, was, you know, it jumped the bank. And out of nowhere, this flood came. You can't contain a flood. You can't stop a flood when it's just so huge and and, and, and enormous. And that's what God is saying here. He said, if you will be generous with me, if you will unleash resources to me, if you will loosen your grip and lose your money to me, then I'm going to be generous with you. I'm going to open up a floodgate of blessings that you've not experienced. I want to pause right here and just, just throw out another disclaimer to you a little bit. And say, Listen, as a pastor of, of of this church of K2, I don't, I don't want you to ever, ever, ever. And this is not, this is not what the verse is talking about. I don't want you to ever, ever feel obligated. I don't want you to ever feel obligated to give money. Last time I checked, and you've, you've heard me say this before, is God's got all the money. <laughs> I'm not concerned about K2. Oh man, if you would just, if you would be obligated to do that. Don't ever feel that way. If you, if you hear anything today like, man, K2 wants some money, that is just not true. I'm not concerned at all about K2. As a pastor here at K2, I'm really concerned about our hearts as his people, that we are generous, that this, is, this principle is growing inside of our, our hearts, that we, would, that we can't afford to miss out on this principle, this blessings, this floodgate of coming back. It's one of the greatest promises that God has ever made us. Don't ever feel obligated. Don't ever feel that that you have to have to give so that God will be your God. That that, that somehow there's something something in that that buys anything. There's nothing. It's really an exercise in, in not allowing money and possessions to be your God. And that's really what this bucket represents here. It is uh, it's kind of cool that it's red. It's, it really represents your heart, according to Scripture. Here, it's our heart that that is obedient to God, As I look at the scripture and I say that, that I'm going to give back to God than a tenth of what you've already given to me. You've been generous with me, God, so I'm going to give back and be generous to you. But we're not going to leave it there because it's, it's kind of K2, so we're going, to, we're going to crank on a little bit further here. And I've got a wild idea. Uh, what, what if it just really wasn't about percentages, though? And as you take a look at giving in, in the New Testament, it kind of gets all kind of skewed. a tenth is talked about in the new testament but but more than that this word generosity keeps coming up and what if it just really wasn't about percentages at all and 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 what if what if it just wasn't about the the minimum requirement what what if it was really about god instructing me to just kind of give why why stop there are there any verses to say do not give 23 percent don't do that oh okay okay this is where the message just goes south right no, but, but the word generous says lavishly. So why stop at the bare the requirement? God, God says, I will honor that. I will honor that. If that's what you do, that's what you do. I honor that. But, but let's just be crazy for a second. What are you suggesting, Andy? <laughs> Let me tell you. What if I just unleashed it all? What if instead of saying, God, okay, you get the, the 2%, the, the, the 10%. But this is mine. <laughs> what, what if I just started living a little bit on this here? What would that look like? Is that reality? Is this just crazy talk? I mean, what does that look like? Is that lavish? Okay, okay. We're getting to some weird kind of uncharted territory here. In fact, it's not even in my notes. <laughs> so I'm going to get right back on. Proverbs 11.25 kind of gives me a little bit of a glimpse into this thought here for a second. And here's what it says. A generous man, a generous man will prosper. Oh, I like this next part. He who refreshes others will himself be, what's it say? Refreshed. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Listen... um, we don't, we don't have a lot of, a lot of cash, you know, because just in case you didn't know, I, no one gets into ministry for the fame or fortune. It's just kind of not on the radar screen. And, and so God meets our needs. We are, we are, we're met, our needs are met. He really takes care of us. I'm very gracious for that. But every once in a while, he has given Beth and I this feeling to just kind of just unleash this a little bit. And that can be scary. It can be scary because some of you are in the same boat. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's not like the storehouses are just, like, really full of stuff. And so <laughs> I've got extra surplus. Here you go. The, the reality for most of us is that it's kind of, you know, from paycheck to paycheck. That's just kind of reality. A lot of days, a lot of years, it's kind of like that. But I've seen 11.25, this Proverbs 11.25, in action. It, when, when we start taking the lid off of this puppy here. Recently, God God kind of laid it on our hearts, uh, to, to, to kind of refresh someone and i'm not just talking about a little glass of water i'm talking about fire hose refreshment and it scared the pants off of me and i talked to beth i'm like i think we're supposed to do this and she goes oh my goodness i'm like i know and we thought about it, and we schemed and we prayed and we thought and we got and the more i thought about it and the more we schemed about it and the more we felt like god was leading us guess what happened to me i wasn't grumpy anymore have you ever had this experience I'm about ready to give away some money. Woo! That's not normally the experience, right? You go to Costco, you're like, $100 club, what is this? You know, you give away your money, you pay bills, you're not normally excited about it. But when God starts leading you out of this right here, it gets very exciting. We finally pulled the trigger on it, and we were able to to refresh somebody. I have got to tell you, Proverbs 11.25 has just come alive in my life. And I'm going to be real honest with you for a second here. Sometimes this bucket doesn't really do that for me. I'm being very honest with you here. Sometimes I give to God, and I, I actually, there, there are weeks and months ago, but I don't actually think about that because it's just kind of an automatic thing. But when I start loosening my grip on lots of other things, and not just doing the standard, but saying, okay, God, maybe you want all of my life. Proverbs eleven twenty five starts really, really, really getting exciting. So the question I have for you is this: Do you feel refreshed in your money? Do you feel refreshed in your finances? If not, you might be settling for less than what God is asking of you. Because it's very refreshing to f- refresh others, and it has to do with your heart and the condition. When I start to generously say to God, all that I am, all that you've given to me, anything that you want, it's yours. I'm willing to lose my money. I'm willing to lose my stuff. I'm willing to open up the barrel. I'm willing to give it all to you. I'm willing to do that. That's why this is life upside down. This is not normal thinking, (laughs) this is a very unpopular conversation. But God says, if you are willing to do that, I will open up the floodgates. I'm just going to do it. Be generous with me. Whether it's here or here or even here, be generous and I'll be generous with you. As we end, I want to just quickly, and I have to do this really quick, I want to look at just two contrasting pictures of this to really kind of solidify it. The first first passage we're going to look at very quickly out of Luke chapter 18 is is a picture of a, a man. He was very, very wealthy and had it all. He, he, he had all the, the wealth, the possessions, the stuff. The, the, he probably had a home, I'm sure, because he was very wealthy and he had success. He probably had the toys. And, and in spite of all that, we get a sense that he's kind of dissatisfied with his life because he comes to Jesus and he goes, Man, what, what is it that I have to do? What is it that I have to do? And he's talking about eternity. What is it that I have to do to inherit the kingdom of God? And here it is in Luke chapter 18, verse. Starting in verse uh, 18, here's what he says. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered, why do you call me good? No one's good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. do, Do not seal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. I've done all this. I've kept all of this since I was a boy, he said. And when Jesus heard this, he said to them, you still lack one thing. See, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you're going to have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sad because he was a man of great wealth. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. What's Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying, The man is saying, I want to to know the secret. And Jesus is saying, you want to know what the secret is? Then you've got to take your life and you've got to do this with your life. You've got to rip off the cover of it. You've got to turn your life upside down. That's the secret. The secret is you've got to let control go. You've got to be loose with your stuff. You've got to be loose with your life. You've got to be loose with with who you are in me and stop the control. Stop the calculated things. Be generous. Lose it. Lose it. The man says, "I I can't do this cannot do this and it's and he takes the bucket and continues to hold it so that he can collect this stuff and keep it in there and he looks in the bucket and he says, i can't do it i can't i can't lose that that right there is probably and i'm reading into this but he's a wealthy man and, and 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 that is who i am this is me this is my i cannot let that spill out and he goes away sad because he's unwilling to give up he's unwilling to let it go because of maybe security, maybe because he would feel like that would be a failure. But whatever the reason is, he was unwilling to trust. We have to contrast that really quickly. If We roll forward four chapters. Luke chapter 21, we see a different story. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor woman, a widow, put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put more in than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of, out of their wealth, but she, she she, out of her poverty, she put in all that she had to live on. I get a sense that That this this really summarizes it. But she gave it all. She gave everything that she had, and really, she she was giving her heart. She was giving everything: her soul, her identity. She was giving her life. She was giving control. She was being generous. And someday, we're going to hear the end of the story. <laughs> In eternity, I'm going to hear the end of that story. What happened to that widow? How did the principle of generosity come back? How did God reward her for that? Was it simply a spiritual thing? Was it a financial thing? Was it just unbelievable blessing? Was it a relational thing? What, what, what was the floodgates that happened? But the principle is true. It's a promise when I am generous, and how I measure generosity, it will be measured back to me. So God doesn't really want your money. He wants your heart. And oftentimes, that's the way to your heart. As the band comes up, I I, want to leave us sitting with just a few thoughts. The thought for you is how how does this look in your life when Jesus says lose your money, lose it give me control what does that really look like in your life so you can look like you're being generous you can, you can act like you're being generous but really it's a hard issue, are you being generous are you allowing God to have control with your finances are you allowing him the best of what you have. To, are you offering him all of it? Because really, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of, of him being God and not me. It's a matter of obedience. And God says, test me. Would you test me on that? Test me. See what the reality is. And the question I have for you today is, do you just want an average blessing? Or do you want the floodgates? It seems like a no-brainer. I mean, I want the floodgates. I do. I want whatever it is that God, I want the best for me. Are you kidding me? If there's another chapter of God's blessings for me, I'm tearing into that puppy. But part of that means then, I've got to start holding my money like this. I've got to start holding my possessions like this. I've got to start holding my life like this. And imagine with me, if you and I would really do that I' like to think about it here at K2 and just just kind of imagine and, 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 and stew on that. What if what if we all did that? I mean, seriously, what if we all did that? Just imagine the explosion that would happen here. And I'm not even just talking finances. I'm just talking being generous towards God with my life. Imagine what would happen. Imagine what would happen with your family. Imagine what would happen here in this valley. Imagine what would happen in this world if you and I were generous with God as he's been generous with us. And that's where I want to leave you today. It really does start with surrendering. And as we go into this time of worship, I I want that to be the word. As you think about generosity, I want you to think of, "Am am I really surrendering to God does he have my heart? Am I just going through the motions? Am I, am I clinging onto this, holding this tightly, protecting it? Just saying, Here, God, here, don't touch this. What is the attitude of my heart? This is scary stuff. This is like nuclear stuff we're talking about here. It's dangerous. This is life upside down. This is unpopular. And God says, But that's what it takes. Give me your heart. And if you give me your heart, and if you surrender, you get it all. John 10.10. You get the life that you imagined. You get life to the full. Life beyond your wildest expectation. You want that? Test them. See if it's true. It's a promise. It's a principle. And today, let's surrender. And it might start for you like just, just having the conversation. As we sing, to simply say, God, I don't, I don't think I'm there. I, I think I've been playing goalie a little bit. I think I've been trying to, trying to keep you away from, from this, from my heart. I think I've just been kind of meeting the minimum requirements, and I, I don't want that anymore. I want all that you have for me. And for some of you here today, you're like, man, I'm brand new, and they're already talking about money. Unbelievable. For you. It might be a conversation today saying God would you help me to just maybe take one step not even talk about this don't even talk about the money God help me to just trust you help me to trust you with who I am my heart help me to trust that you're good show me that we're going to put it into practice we're, we're going we're to give you a chance to, to give to God right now and again, again, please know he doesn't need your money need your heart. And this act of taking up an offering is really about that. It's, it's a worship. It's an act of worship to say, God, again, what a small portion, but I, I just give to you because you've been so generous with me. Let's sing. Let's surrender. Let's give back to Him. Let's ask those questions.